I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me today. It is, uh, it's chilly, chilly outside because I'm, I'm outside part of the day working. I have had a lot of time this summer to whine about the heat, particularly my time in Baton Rouge where I I promise you, I don't think I'm exaggerating. The average temperature outside with the heat index was around 110 degrees. Uh, And uh, anybody who works with me (laughs) understands I'm not a big fan of being drenched in sweat by 11 a.m. every single day. So I'll whine about that. But it doesn't take but about one day for me to realize I will equally whine about the cold. The news is covering that some record lows and early freezes are coming this week. And it is really funny to me. One thing I've implored people to notice, I heard the reporting today. They said uh, 100 million people might get an early freeze. And and this is a new phenomenon. I pointed this out several times, but I still find it fascinating that I think it was just in the past five to ten years, all of the times there's going to be any kind of severe weather, they refer to it uh, by the number of Americans that are in the path of it. We know things like tornadoes are very specific on where they hit, as deadly as they can be. They can certainly cause some damage and hurt people. But what they'll say is there's a weather outbreak and 160 million people are in the path of these bad storms. It is this this constant call to alarm from the mainstream media. So they're reporting that 100 million people are at risk for seeing some record low temperatures. And this is interesting to those of us paying any attention after a summer of endlessly exclaiming record heat on our warming planet. And so now we have this record cold snap, the, the beauty Beautiful thing for them, though, is, you know, when they made that genius transition from global warming to climate change, now everything means you can't have an SUV. Too hot, no SUVs. Too cold, no plane trips. It is really the no-lose scam for these people. Uh, Lots to get to today, but I'm going to start off with some good news. Uh, And this was a headline I ran across. Pharmacy staff from CVS, Walgreens, start their walkout. Now, I don't know if that's hitting every market. To be honest with you, I've got the headline copied here on my show notes. I didn't even click into the story. Don't really care. I, I would imagine what I'd love to think in my fantasy world is that maybe the pharmacists from CVS and Walgreens have walked off the job to protest the totalitarian policies of their corporations, 
that would not fill a properly prescribed ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine prescription during COVID, up to and including today. I saw a video of this not not long ago where a doctor called an office and said, uh, I think it was a CVS, it might have been a Walgreens, and said, can you explain to me why you're not filling a prescription that I sent with my patient to your pharmacy? And this, she sounded like a very young girl, just, boy, she was... She was towing that corporate line. It's not in our policy. We will not sell ivermectin for an off-label use. Now, of course, you understand they give millions of drugs. That's an exaggeration. Thousands of drugs they give for off-label uses all the time. But for some reason, they really honed in on they won't let you have ivermectin. I'd like to think that these staff, these pharmacists, are walking off the job because they know how unfair and how ridiculous that was. Or maybe it is that the pharmacy staff has just finally said enough of us just being drug dealers, peddling Adderall and antidepressants and statins and other drugs that are actually making the patients that we see in our pharmacies sicker than they were before when we know there are natural remedies with no side effects. Maybe that's why they walked off. I'm not going to click on the story. I mean, this is kind of like the corner drug dealers you know, going on strike against the cartels. I'm all for it. These people have been dealing poison. Now, uh, look, I've met pharmacists like pharmacists. I actually recently had an eye surgery and had to go get some drops. My first visit to a pharmacy in 17 years, and it's certainly a very sweet girl at the counter and everything. Nothing, No hostility toward They're in the system. They're in the matrix of the medical establishment here in this country. They feel they're doing God's work, helping people feel better. And that may be the case. Many times you get a prescription for a symptom you're experiencing and you might feel better, but it ain't making you healthier and it leads you down a very dangerous path. But anytime I see that pharmacy staff is walking off the job, I don't need to click on the story. I'm just happy to see it happen. Here's another kind of funny one. Speaking of dealing poisons from the pharmacists, this was a headline on Yahoo Finance. Krispy Kreme drops on worries Ozembic will hit donut demand. <laughs> Krispy Kreme Inc. might still be a popular choice for donut lovers, but the boom in weight loss drugs like Ozembic and Wagovi has one Wall Street firm warning investors about the stock. They go on to say, uh, quote, We believe in the Krispy Kreme model. This is what a stock analyst, I believe, had. Yeah, he's an analyst. He said, uh, he said, however, we have a difficult time recommending this name as le at least until the GLP-1 wave has started to form. And, and it, it, it is forming. There were headlines a couple of weeks ago about clothing manufacturers might do well because all the people on Wagovi and Ozembic and all of these GLP-1 drugs are going to be shopping for new wardrobes. They're also going to be shopping for other pharmaceutical interventions for the way they are disastrously ruining their health. This Ozembic Wagovi thing, this is just another one of these things. The lawsuits, oh gosh, I should have been an attorney. You could sue the pharmaceutical companies for the COVID vaccines. You could sue people who forced their employees to take vaccines. I sure would like to be there to get a piece of the Wagovi and Ozembic class action lawsuits that I, I assure you are coming down the pike. 
If you are currently or somebody that you love is pursuing one of these weight loss, one of these diabetes drugs, side note, people every day are reversing their type 2 diabetes through natural means with no ill effect, actually losing weight, getting healthier, getting off insulin every single day in this country. Within about 30 days, they, they are able to do that. You don't even need the diabetes medications if you really want to apply yourself to regaining your health. That was a side note. But Ozempic and these things, originally diabetic medications, have been targeted at the Americans who want a pill for every ill, including, sorry, rookie mistake, including weight loss, because it's just too much. It's too much to move around, exercise, and pay attention to what you eat. Boy, it is going to be so terrible. There's going to be so many unintended consequences of this drug. Uh, that apparently a large number of people are taking. All right, I'm going to continue with some more good news. Mike Pence was sent packing off of the Republican side uh, of the primaries for the 2024 election. Mike Pence? Oh, I'm sure you already know about this. I would imagine everybody has already gone through the seven stages of grief that Mike Pence has hung up his his ambition for the White House. Now, I do want you to remember, I would imagine most people listening to me were not Mike Pence fans. And the reason that I would say that is because anybody who's listening to this show should remember that this is the only radio show that told you this guy was a snake since he was picked by Donald Trump to be his running mate. While everybody else was telling you he was a genius choice for Trump. Look at that, Mike. He's taking one of the establishment guys and turning him into a MAGA warrior. And he'll use him as a battering ram against the... Ex I mean, I don't know what all the explanations were, but I said from the day Mike Pence was announced, and I looked at the guy, I didn't know much about him. What He was a governor from Indiana at some point. I, I just looked at him and said, this guy's the establishment. What, what is Trump doing? I, I, if nothing else, I thought Trump was laying the seeds of his own assassination. Because if, they got, if Trump really was a change maker, he wasn't, but if he had really been a change maker, he was giving them an establishment heir to the throne right behind him. I said, well, they're going to pop him for sure. He's, he'll give the establishment exactly what they want as soon as he's out of office. But I just, I, I know there's a little bit of my, break my own arm, patting myself on the back, but I told you Mike Pence was a snake from the day I came on the airwaves. On January 3rd of 2017, and he just proved me right. It just took a while for people to understand it. Okay, Mike Pence is gone. I'm sure there's more to fall in the Republican primary for what it's worth, uh, but that's our good news segment. i got to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to get to the not-so-hot all the way down to the, oh, geez, this is bad. Yeah, there's lots of that, too. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stick around. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun, I'll make my final stand Yeah, and that's why they call me Alright, you know, I, I find myself wondering and this is probably a commentary on humanity, not just Americans. 
Do we ever learn anything? I mean, you talk about we have had some huge historical lessons. And while I, I might understand things that were maybe 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, maybe something happened and we're following in the same path, but it's, it's just, you know, there's nobody alive that can remember the way it turned out the last time, so we repeat our mistakes, but come on. Can we not learn from even recent history? And, and this is across so many different issues, but... And this was sad. This was Texas. George W. Bush. I'm getting to my not-so-great news. <laughs> I tried to start off positive. I mustered up a whole segment of some pretty positive stuff. George W. Bush appeared uh, last week at a Major League Baseball game in Texas to throw out the first pitch. If the 9-11 comparisons to what took place in Israel on October 7th weren't enough for you, They've dusted off the old puppy painter, George W. Bush, and he goes out to throw the first pitch at a baseball game to thunderous applause from what I heard. Now, I don't know. Maybe it was maybe the soundtrack was juiced. Maybe it was the person who was taking the, the pictures. I think this was a on-the-field recording of this as he emerged from the dugout to just thunderous applause by a Texas crowd. And that is just such an incredibly sad commentary on the people of Texas for cheering on this war criminal. Now, I don't expect everybody to go with me to the war criminal. All modern presidents <laughs> of my lifetime are all war criminals. It's true, but I understand people just aren't aren't ready to say that. There's still a lot of people out there that say, well, I might not like his policies, but I respect the office. I don't. Any more than I would respect Jeffrey Dahmer for anything he had ever accomplished. These people are serial killers, and I believe war criminals, each and every one of them in modern times. But, I mean, come on, George W. Bush is, gets a round of applause from a Texas audience. Maybe it was plants. Maybe uh, I'm going to, again, much like the CVS article I didn't even want to click on, because I want to just hold out hope that maybe the pharmacists are doing the right thing. I'm just going to say maybe they altered the audio and there were thunderous boos for George W. Bush. I refuse to believe the great people of the state of Texas actually would cheer for the guy that got us involved in 20 years and $8 trillion worth of Middle Eastern wars based on nothing. Nothing but his neocon backers. But, but I, I cannot... I, I know people who have listened to this show have learned absolutely nothing <laughs> uh, from some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today. I have people sending me commentary when it comes to the Israel-Palestinian issue. I had somebody send me, actually two people send me commentary uh, justifying what Israel's doing by Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz, the attorney. Now, he's an Israel first guy, which is fine. He's a Jewish guy. I can understand that. I've got a little part of me that really wants to see Scotland do well because I have Scottish roots. I love the Scottish accent. But th that's absolutely fine. But Alan Dershowitz is also, for anybody else who wants to send me an Alan Dershowitz piece defending Israel's actions, Alan Dershowitz is a globalist pedophile friend of Jeffrey Epstein who wanted to hold you down while the military forced an experimental genetic therapy 
to be plunged into your body. He's probably not the guy you want to send it to. Look, look. Oh, well, Mike, Alan Dershowitz is so smart. Alan Dershowitz, people would recognize for the globalist piece of pedophile scum that he is. Now, I, I, alleged pedophile. Who? Hey, allegedly. He was friends with Jeffrey Epstein. I think that's been established. I don't want to accuse him of anything. I understand he's rather litigious as an attorney. I believe he has sued many of the Epstein victims. What a great guy. What a great guy. The, the massages that he got with Jeffrey Epstein were only just innocent massages and always done by women of proper age, according to Ellen Dershowitz. Anyway, uh, don't send me articles by Alan Dershowitz. You might as well send me a piece written by Lindsey Graham or Dick Cheney or Nikki Haley or any of the other warmongers that people are following right now into World War III. And there's actually more of these neocons being uncovered every day in another piece of, well, the George W. Bush applause was the not-so-good news. Now let's get to what is the really just close my eyes, bow my head, and shake it news. Like, I was assured by people that I have some respect for, people like Thomas Massey and Matt Gates, that the new Speaker of the House was a real change maker, a winner for America first. Now, I, like many people, even though he's in a neighboring state of Louisiana, I did not know much about Mike Johnson. But of course, my bias is to really dislike anybody who seeks to have power in the U.S. federal government. I don't know if you've noticed, not a lot of good guys get in control of things. So I'm always very suspicious. But when I hear Matt Gates talk about what a victory it is, when I even hear Thomas Massey, Thomas Massey said, I believe, I had a conversation with Mike Johnson. He voted present, maybe in the first vote, then he had a conversation with Mike Johnson, and then he said he enthusiastically supports him, Thomas Massey being one of the greatest Congress critters that served in the past hundred years. I decided, well, I'll, I'll wait and see. It didn't mean because I don't, I, I don't violate the Mike Madison number one rule, which is don't fall in love with politicians. I'm ready for Thomas Massey to be wrong about something, and I'll go after him for it, because I don't fall in love with politicians. That way lies heartbreak. But I did say, well, let's see. Maybe they did find somebody who is uh, maybe kind of a constitutional guy. And boy, this guy wraps himself in the flag. He certainly talks a lot about the Constitution, at the same time, he goes on Sean Hannity. <coughs> Sorry, I threw up in my mouth just a little bit. Sean Hannity, the deep state, <laughs> supposed, uh, I, I, I won't even get into it. Not a Sean Hannity fan. Haven't been for about 20 years now. Anyway, this is Mike Johnson. This is a clip that just made me hang my head, close my eyes, and shake it, just going, oh my gosh, he's just another one of them. Now, we can't allow Vladimir Putin to prevail in Ukraine because I don't believe it would stop there, and it would probably encourage and empower China to perhaps make a move on Taiwan. We have these concerns. Um, we're, we're not going to abandon them. We, we want to be cooperative. We need to work together on this, but we, we owe it to the people to know what the plan is, where the money's going to be spent, and we need some auditing for the dollars that we've already sent over there. These are not tough questions, right? One thing. Okay. You're going to hear a lot of this now. As the warmonger's warmonger... Um, 
they're going to throw you a little bone and say, well, we're really going to pay attention to where the money goes. Now, remember, these are Republicans who have been supporting the military industrial complex for all of my adult life, for sure. And we are still, I remember, I'm old enough to remember back in the 1980s, I believe, is when we first got the stories of the $400 hammers. You remember this? You could go, at the time, go buy a hammer for a few bucks down at the hardware store, but the military was paying about $400 for a hammer, about $1,600 for a toilet seat. That was almost 40 years ago now. They've never done anything about that, but, they, but they're promising you. They pinky swear that they're going to start really paying attention to where this Ukraine aid goes. You just heard this new changemaker, MAGA star, Mike Johnson, tell you, oh, we're not going to abandon Ukraine. Because his belief is, and he says the words, I believe, he doesn't have any basis for this. He just believes that if you don't stop Vladimir Putin in Ukraine, then he's going to just run roughshod all over Europe. And then I guess he's going to hip hop across uh, the Atlantic and, you know, into Central America. And the whole world's going to be Russian before we know it. He, he believes this is going to be true. So, you know, we should spend trillions of dollars based on Mike Johnson's belief. Now, if you listen to Vladimir Putin, actually, the leader of Russia, he's never talked about reconstituting the Soviet Union. He's never talked about world conquest, but they believe that he really thinks that. Boy, they are really smart people. I mean, they know what Vladimir Putin is thinking, even though he's got no policies. He's, he's taken no actions that show that. He's never said anything about it, but they still believe it. So he's going to get you some account. Bottom line, the money's going to Ukraine. They're just going to try to convince you that they're going to pay attention to where it's going. I'll let him continue. The thing that House Republicans are resolved on is that we must stand with our most important ally in the Middle East, and that's Israel. Um, we will. I, we, we certainly hope that it doesn't come to boots on the ground. Uh, if, if it comes to that, and we... There you go. Right, we're going to stand with our, our greatest ally in the world, Israel. They're going to send them just whatever money they need. Now, understand, they're fighting against an, an, uh, an enemy that has no government, no real structure. Israel's probably one of the wealthiest countries in that region of the world, save the big oil producers, Saudi Arabia. Those guys, I mean, they're, they've, I would imagine the Israeli government, if you looked at the GDP of the Palestinian area and the GDP of Israel, it's probably laughable. So Israel has got all of this money, got all of this might. We send them billions of dollars a year, but we got to send more? What have they been doing with the other billions of dollars? They're not fighting another country in a war. They're fighting just a, an area within their own boundary of people that have essentially don't have nickels to rub together. But uh, anyway, the funding is going to continue. Now, I did hear, and I, gosh, I can't believe it. I'm not going to stop and do it and pause this and look it up and all that stuff. But I, I did hear that APAC, the Israeli uh, American Israeli Political Action Committee is uh, Mike Johnson's number one donor. Now that wouldn't surprise me. I think that was David Knight that reported on that. He's usually pretty good. He usually checks his facts. I'll check on it maybe during this next break. But it's 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 purely a coincidence that the Israeli lobby is Mike Johnson's largest supporter, and Mike Johnson's going to pass a bunch of new U.S. taxpayer dollars benefits to send to Israel. That's a coincidence. If APAC hadn't given him a nickel, he'd still have the love of Israel in his heart and make sure that they're well supported, right? Of course. 
Special interest money, it doesn't ever actually affect a Congress critter. They're all about their morals and doing what's right versus what's wrong. It's just a coincidence that he's on the receiving end of donations from the Israeli Political Action Committee. Communicated this to the White House staff as well today that, um, you know, we have the Article I power in the legislative branch of government, and they have Article II. They have very limited authority on what they can do to respond without coming to Congress to seek consent. And even my Democrat colleagues. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's letting you know, hey, look, if it comes to boots on the ground, uh, the government's still constrained with what they can do because of, uh, you know, these these. These things put in place. Uh, the U.S. federal government has not declared war since World War II. Not for Korea, not for Vietnam, not for Iraq, not for Afghanistan, not for the Cold War, not for uh, Syria, not for Russia. Oh, but sure, this time, this time they pinky swear they'll step in and, and restrain the ability of a dementia patient in the White House to committing us to another war. They promise. Mike Johnson says so. Sean, that are uh, that committees or jurisdiction understand this in the, the Foreign Affairs Committee. And you've had comments made by the leaders of Iran that they themselves may get involved in a conflict. If that happens, correct me, you think I'm wrong. I, I still can't take my eyes off Sean Hannity, his new orange skin. Ever since Trump came in, he really, he decided he, want, he wants the orange skin, too. Sean Hannity's wanted this war with Iran. Uh, he has got to be sexually excited. Just doing this segment, i got a Speaker of the House that's ready to go to Iran. We've got a reason to go to Iran. Sean Hannity is just beside himself. I'll bet he, him and his CIA handlers at night just hoot and holler and swoon and spoon over the idea of getting this war with Iran that he's wanted for so long. I would bet I would say all bets are off in the Middle East. We could have a full out war in the Middle East, Israel at the center of it. And at that point, if Israel's existence is put in jeopardy, I don't think Prime Minister Netanyahu, who I've known for almost 30 years, I don't think there's anything he won't do to preserve and protect his country from people that have committed their lives to destroy it. He has to do that, and around here, people uh, throw around the phrase existential threat. They have an existential threat every day. I mean, their neighbors want to eliminate them and wipe them off the map. So Prime Minister Netanyahu is resolved. I've, I've spent time with him personally. I know him as well. Uh, I, I think he's a strong leader at, at this important time, and I, I think he's going to do what is necessary. And, and the, America will back him up. I mean, they tell us when we're in Israel, and you've been there, and they, they say the reason that we are able to sustain ourselves and survive is because— Get ready. Yeah, I'm the one that always thanks you people. The Congress critters, the other countries. Zelensky's never thanked the American taxpayer, but I always come on here, whether they're bailing out banks, I thank you on behalf of Jamie Dimon, the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan. I thank you on the behalf of uh, Zelensky because I think the poor taxpayer just never gets thanked. But he's about to tell you, oh, we're about to we're about to be stroking some checks. The U.S. taxpayers about to be on the hook for the whole thing. Because everyone knows that our big ally is America. We know that Iran is directly tied to all this. These are Hamas and Hezbollah are, are proxies of Iran. And they're tied in now with Russia and China. I mean, it is a new axis of evil. That's how we see it. Oh, there it is. Ding, ding, ding. The, pay, the phrase that pays for the neocons. Their new axis of evil. It worked so well on you back in 20, uh, 2001. They're digging it out again. They're, they're, they're in reruns already.
see it, and so it has to be addressed you say accordingly. If Israel, with all the funding of terror and all these terror organizations, are they within their right to fight back and go directly at Iran? Of course. That was the first, as you noted, the first act of my speakership is that we pass that resolution to, to articulate that and make it very clear where we stand. Yeah. The, the House is back in business, and we're going to stand with Israel. There you go. It's another one. I'm glad to see Kevin McCarthy gone. I was glad to see him embarrassed by being vacated from the chair so swiftly. There was talk that he might be running again. He was going to run again before they picked this Mike Johnson character. And I guess he was dispatched again. I love the humiliation of Kevin McCarthy, but all you got is another one of them. I got to take a break, but I'm going to look it up. Let's look up and see where Mike Johnson's money came from to get him to this powerful, powerful position in the U.S. federal government. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard, handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. What I want you to want, what I want you to feel, but it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go, I'm watching you, turn your back like you always do, face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. All right, we are back. This is Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. So I pulled up Mike Johnson's contributors, and it's just kind of a who's who. I don't see that APAC was his biggest uh, contributor yet. <laughs> I can guarantee you now he certainly has got oil and gas money and pharmaceutical money and uh, PAC money and uh, defense aerospace. All pretty, you know, he, he was a kind of a small fry. But the, the commitment has been made. These numbers will change dramatically, dramatically going forward. Not sure why they, uh, why they picked this guy in particular, except that he, apparently he is willing to do that which gets done in D.C. And that is funding uh, these wars, funding defense contractors, funding foreign countries. It's just so funny to me. But, you know, this latest division, the Israeli and Palestinian issue, is, boy, it is a doozy. It, it's a doozy for what people can argue over. Now, they give us a lot to fight over, right? Black, white, gay, straight, Democrat, Republican. They give us all these. But now this one throws a layer over all of that so even the tribes are in fighting. You know, now it's uh, Christians along with Jews and sometimes against Jews and Jews with Muslims and against Muslims. And I mean, so it, in, in every group, even the groups, the, the little, the big tribes are now in smaller tribes. There's more infighting in all of this stuff. What I found really, and look, I like to think I'm in the soul saving business. Now, this is not a religious show. I'm not talking about that in, a, in the context of, of, of religion, but in the context of just being a, a human, what, what I've seen over the past week, and you know, I, I record these shows a week apart. I don't get the daily show anymore for my own, my own reasons. But what I've seen over the past week is actually people, and it's, again, each tribe is separated, so it's kind of hard to say the right is all for this and the left is all for that because there's splinter groups in all of these now. But I do see people uh, fighting over which genocide is the best genocide. 
A lot of people out there right now saying the genocide of the Palestinians, perfectly fine. Needs to be done. More on that in just a second. And then I equally see disgusting things out of some people who say it's the genocide of the Jews. We need to kill all the Jews. I mean, this is really, it's the sickest that human beings have to offer. I will certainly not ever cheer for the genocide of any group. The closest I would get is the complete rebuke of the political establishment, the parasit, parasitic class that sit atop basically every government in the world. I would be absolutely fine with them as a whole, even if there's some innocent good politicians out there, <laughs> if we got to sweep them out along with the 98% of scumbags who occupy these seats in every country around the world, then those are the only innocents I'm willing to sacrifice. And I'm not talking about killing them, I'm just talking about getting them out, getting them away from us as an institution. I'm certainly not going to cheer for a genocide. And we have literally got people arguing that genocide of the Palestinians is fine because dot, 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 they'll give you a reason. And people saying it's legitimate that you genocide the Jews in Israel. Get them out of there, dot, dot, because dot, dot, dot. Scott Adams actually ran a poll. I'm going to read you this. Scott Adams ran a poll. I'm not a Scott Adams fan either. I think he's trying to do a lot of image rehab after he went hysterical over COVID. And he's trying to ingratiate himself to the freedom fighters once again because he he he's he fashions himself and he's probably a smart guy, smarter than me, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But he's he's probably a pretty intellectual guy, but he's just missed that so horrifically that I've seen him kind of wade really hardcore into the culture war type stuff to to dust off his bona fides after he essentially just went nuts bag over COVID. He ran a poll on his Twitter that here's the question that he asked. Is it immoral to kill children who have been weaponized through brainwashing to grow up and kill you, uh, you and your family? Let me read that to you again. This is a poll. Is it immoral to kill children who have been weaponized through brainwashing to grow up and kill you and your family? The answers are yes, obviously, no, obviously, or don't ask. The yes, it's obviously immoral to kill children was 39.7%. The people who said, no, it's not immoral to kill children who have been weaponized through brainwashing to grow up and kill your you and your family. He's got it misspelled in here. It says, grow up and kill your and your family. So I keep stumbling on that word. But 40% of people who took this poll, there were 54,197 votes. So this is around, what is that? 420, it's around 22,000 people said, no, no. Not a problem murdering children right now because you believe you've been told by politicians and the media that they've been brainwashed to grow up and kill you and your family. Now, I ran across another interesting statistic here, and I cannot, I cannot uh, not verify this, but I think it's if, if this is true or accurate, even if it's close to accurate statistic, does it change anything? change your mind about what's happening in the Palestinian areas and particularly with Hamas. This was put out by someone, a spokesman of the Al-Qassam Brigades. 
And, and this rings a little true to me, but it could be completely wrong, but it's something worth thinking about if it's even close to true. And if we know the history of the Palestinian people and the Israeli occupation of their areas and taking away their land and displacing 750,000 Palestinians early in the game and the Nakba, if you know what that is. Thank goodness I live in a country where we can talk about the Nakba. We can say the word in Israel. I don't think you're allowed to say it. But anyway, the spokesman of this brigade, and I'm not endorsing Hamas. God, I can't, I can't believe I have that I live in an immature society where you have to say these things for fear of somebody saying, he's on there quoting Hamas leaders because he loves Hamas. It's, it's hard for me to do a show for six and eight-year-old children, mentally, intellectually. It, it's difficult to do. You gotta, it's, it's like your children. you got, you got to explain every little thing. I'm not endorsing Hamas, but listen to this. This is what he says. He said, 85% of the soldiers in our units are orphans whose parents were martyred by the occupying state. Today, those children have grown up and their hearts are burning with the fire of revenge. Now, if it's only 30% of their soldiers are orphans whose parents were killed by the Israeli government, not Jews, a lot of Jews out there protesting what's going on right now. But if the Israeli government, you know, one of the things Mike uh, Johnson said in his thing was he, he said, Netanyahu is the right leader for this time. We think he's the man who can really handle business. It's, he's great for Israel now. Netanyahu's been there uh, in power for 30 years, 30 years that led them to this spot. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, we look at a lot of the blue cities and we see they've been Democrat-controlled for 30 years and they're in a, just a colossal mess. And one of the first things people say is, look, they've been running this show and they've run it into the ground. Well, after 30 years of B.B. Netanyahu, look where you are. And Mike Johnson says, hey, he's the right guy for the time. Bibi Netanyahu is one of the reasons that we are in these times right now. It's absolutely insane. But, you know, one thing, and, and I've talked about this with the war on terror, and I, it's not original to me. It was actually, I can't remember who it was. It was a soldier. No, it was a general. Was it McChrystal or somebody like that? He said, he said you know, if you've got... You know, if you've got 12 terrorists and you kill 10, how many terrorists do you have left? And someone says two, and he goes, no, you've got 20, 30. And they go, well, how does that make sense? He said, because you got the two that are left over, and then you've got all the relatives of the 10 that you killed. That's how terrorism is created. So, and again, the shoe on the other foot argument, I think, always works. Many people don't want to look at that. They always want to find an exception to it. But if you lived in a place that was occupied, I've talked about it. If Mississippi was taken over, by a large chunk of it was taken over by the Chinese, they displaced 750,000 of you. They kept taking your homes, kept coming into the areas that they had given you originally, and they took more and more of that land. And some days you went to work and came home, and one of the Chinese families had set up in your home and put your stuff on the lawn and said, it's our home now. If they had also, you throw on top of that, maybe in some of the armed conflicts, when you dared to speak up about them taking your home, they killed your parents. Do you think that would radicalize you? Would that turn you into something called, a, air quotes here in the studio, terrorist? Probably so. All worth considering. None of it mentioned on the media. Got to take a break. I'll be right back. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is a schizophrenic 
just like, oh yeah, maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. All right, final segment for the day. Boy, I've got a lot more to cover. It's probably going to end up in tomorrow's show. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but have you ever known somebody that uh, always complains about their coworkers? You know, they go to work and they come home, you know, Sally did this or Joe did this. He's such a jerk. And they say, well, why don't you quit that job? Those people sound horrible. And, and they do. They, they quit the job and they go somewhere else. And they're there about six months and suddenly they're coming home with the same stories. Brenda's being rude constantly. My boss is always criticizing me. Terry is just a jerk. You know, at, at some point you do somebody a favor by saying, you know, Maybe it's not everybody else in every office you're in. Do you think maybe, maybe it's you? I had a good friend whose girlfriend was like that, and I told him straight to his face. I said, you know, you've been telling me how bad she gets treated at work all the time. I've worked in a lot of places. I'm around a lot of people. Nobody treats me bad. Well, not nobody, but it's, you know, it's, it's in the single percentile of people that I prefer not to work with. And I said, you know, buddy, it may be her. And I wasn't really trying to be a jerk. I mean, I like her because I'm one of her friends, but she can be kind of gruff. And, you know, he kind of paused and he went, yeah, you know, you're probably right. This was his girlfriend. Well, when it comes to the United States, you know, I think it is in, it is something that we don't ever do. There's the Overton window of what you can discuss about these things. One of the things we should look at is why do they hate us? Well, we talk a lot about the countries that chant death to America, but nobody dares ask the question, why would they feel that way? We allow the politicians to fill in that blank and say, it's because, uh, what George Bush say? They hate you for your freedom. Ridiculous. He knew he was talking to six and eight-year-olds intellectually uh, with that line. And unfortunately, I was one of them and I bought it. Not for long, about two years. But it, it is worth asking the question when horrific things happen, Oh, the Hamas people who pulled this off, they need to be rounded up and shot or tried and imprisoned. I'm all for that. But maybe we should stop along the way and go, why is this happening? Is there any kind of behavior in both parties that has led us to this? Because you're constantly sold this good guy versus bad guy. Putin woke up one morning and just invaded Ukraine. That's what they tell you. It's not true. You can look at 30 years of history and understand why he did it. And the same with this. Oh, they're just doing it because they hate the Jews. Don't pay any attention to anything that's transpired since 1947. Just believe us. It's all religious. They're all savages. It's, it's time we quit falling for that. That's all the time that I've got. Hope you have a great one. I'm going to finish up this show tomorrow. Be back at 9 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye. Talking about how I'm running out my mouth. I know this without.